Welcome to the Monday, August 14th edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Advantage Podcast. That's right, I'm Greg Ambrosius of the NFFC, along with my partners here, Tom Kessenick and Derek Butcher. Or if you're Canadian, it's Boucher. That's what we like to call them, Boucher. Right, Tom? I Yeah, I got outvoted the other day, so I was going Bouchard, but... Whatever the he pop, liked it. He liked whatever the, whatever the majority wants. Yeah, the right, majority it. said this was an active weekend in the NFL, and man, was it ever! We got a lot of news to cover today, but Tom, we also got a lot of draft results. Uh, one preseason games on the tubes, and uh, everybody wants to play football, right? Yeah, it was a, certainly it was a great weekend for drafts in the NFFC. A lot of people signing up. Obviously, preseason football is back, and that gets people fired up for football. They want to draft. They want to get some players on their teams, and it was all good. It was it was definitely a lot of fun watching the draft results this weekend, not just with the preseason games going on, but obviously the big news that we had uh, beginning on Friday. Yeah, Derek, you've been with the NFFC a long time as well, you know. Now this is your first time watching all these drafts. You participated in a lot of the drafts beforehand. But uh, you got to admit, in the past, we didn't have this many online championship leagues in early and mid-August, did we? No, it's crazy with the signups right now. And Trust me, I have uh, draft lip, if you will. That's uh, you know, I wish I, I wish I was still drafting, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to watch all these. Um, we just uh, these these rotowire onlines. It's it's hard to get in them. I mean, our countdown will you know show four spots left, and they're gone within within minutes. So it's it's just been crazy uh, starting since August. It's it's just gone nuts. All right. Well, the big news of the weekend, of course, in fact, it was big, big, big news came on Friday afternoon when the NFL announced the suspension of Ezekiel Elliott for domestic abuse and other transgressions. Roger Goodell, of course, slapped Zeke with that six game suspension, which shocked everyone, including myself. I mean, I thought it was going to be a two game suspension. I mean, Tom... We were shocked by that six games. I think our NFFC owners were too. Yeah, no doubt. We we obviously been talking about this quite a bit on the Sirius show, and and I thought it would be two games too. I thought maybe four, and then it's dropped down to two. Six really surprised me. I've been wrong about this the whole time. So when I say I think a game or two will be shaved off it, you know, don't take it for anything because I I've been wrong throughout this whole process. But I do believe a game or two will be shaved off. I don't remember the last time. We had a suspension that didn't get reduced in some fashion, so I would expect this to happen. But again, all of this has been completely unexpected. So, what do you think, Derek? You're a, uh, make a prediction. How many games do you think this will be reduced, or will it be reduced? I gotta think it goes down one game to five. Um, the NFL obviously wants to make a stand here, and at the same time, the six games seems a little unwarranted, just based on what happened in the, in the circumstances. So again, obviously we're not advocating anything that Elliot did, but it seems like this is going to go down to five games. You know, it was interesting when the suspension came down, I went on some websites and people were saying, is he a third or a fourth round pick? I mean, we had over 20 drafts this weekend in the online championship, the cut line and the draft champions. And he never left the second round in the NFFC. I mean, he was going in the first round in some leagues. In fact, out of the 20 drafts, 
Ezekiel Elliott went in the first round five times and in the second round 15 times. His ADP over the weekend was 13.8 on Friday and Saturday. Then on Sunday it was 15.4. But again, he never dropped out of the second round. Tom, were you surprised by that? And why do you think our guys are still so on him with a six-game suspension? Well, I think most people are doing it based on the assumption it's going to get reduced. Uh -huh. And maybe to four, and certainly four is manageable. If you saw Le'Veon Bell last year, yeah. we know four is manageable. He, Bell had three. So I think that's what we saw. I was surprised to see him going in the first round as often as I saw him be drafted there. I thought it would be more mid to late second round. I thought that's where he'd end up, and it really wasn't the case in the 12-team leagues. We did see it. I did see it a couple times in the 10-team cut line. He fell yeah. all the way to 20th, right. which was a great spot to pair him with a David Johnson first-round pick. But, yeah, I think that's what everybody's expecting. It's going to get reduced, and the talent is too good to let fall too far. You know, Derek, you saw one, too, where he went 23rd. That's the lowest he went. He went really anywhere from 9th to 23rd. In that 23rd, that was the second pick in the online championship. So that guy teamed him up with Lev Bell. Yeah. So, again, if you're getting Johnson and uh, Zeke and you're getting Bell and Zeke, don't you think that's like an edge in an overall contest? I love it. Um, again, it comes down to your own risk factor and mitigation. But, wow, I mean, you, you, you're starting with David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, and then you're adding Zeke in the second round. Now, of course, you got to get through that first you know, four, five, six games, whatever it turns out to be. But wow, especially like Tom said, the talent. Zeke comes back, fresh legs, 10 games, you know, 10, 11, 12 games at the end. And I mean, you know, we're, our RotoWire Online Championship has a three game, three week playoff, weeks 14 through 16. Can you imagine having Zeke and Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson put together? I mean, wow, that is fun. All right, we're going to keep an eye on Der on Ezekiel uh, Elliott, where he's going to fall. We'll update each day on the podcast here, let you know where he's going. We'll see if he does fall in the third round, but uh, at this point, it does not look like it. All right, the other big news of the weekend, of course, was the trade of Sammy Watkins to the Rams. <laughs> Could he have landed in a worse spot, Tom? I, you know, I, I'm probably the only person in the industry who doesn't see this as a huge negative for him. It is. I don't see it. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's not that good. Goff? Goff is certainly worse than Tyrod Taylor, but it's not like he went from, he's going from Rodgers or Brady to Goff. He's yeah. going from Tyrod Taylor to Goff. He should get peppered with targets, assuming Goff can complete a pass. I was shocked at how... <laughs> well, you need that as a wide receiver. You need though. that, Yes. But I was shocked he fell as far as he did. I mean, he came into the weekend, or he yeah. came in with an ADP right around 33 yeah. before the trade. And in the drafts that I was watching, he fell as far as 65th in one wow. draft. Yeah. That was a huge fall. Yeah, to time. me, the primary concern with Watkins remains the same. Can he stay healthy on the field? That it wasn't answered by being traded somewhere. So that's still the biggest issue I have with him. I do agree he's going from a worse quarterback to a uh, going from a better quarterback to a worse, but it's not like he's going from a great one to a bad one. No, he's going from a marginal one to a guy who wasn't very good. Yeah. What about it, Derek? Were you surprised at all? I mean, he fell really a, a round and a half, and it was consistent. I mean, I saw him at 52, 53, 50 most of the time. That's a pretty big fall for for one player like that, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's just the unknown factor, right? Like Tom says, Tyrod's not awesome, but Jared Goff, we just don't know. I mean, we saw him last year. He he was flat-out awful. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, there also There's nobody else there, so falling around, I guess if, if I'm drafting, I don't know that I would have changed it all that much. I probably would have knocked him down a few spots, but again, we're talking about the unknown here, and that's the biggest factor and the reason why he fell so far. 
All right, let's talk about some of the side guys that were affected by these, the trade and the suspension. Let's start off with Darren McFadden because he's the obvious starter there in Dallas. Uh, his ADP hit before this happened, before it came down, was 153. People knew he was the handcuff. They were still drafting him. But then all of a sudden we get the six games, and his ADP over the weekend was 111.6. So he basically moved up you know, three and a half to four rounds. I thought he looked good on Saturday. You know, last year he missed 13 games with an elbow injury. It wasn't a leg injury. Uh, obviously, we know he's talented when he stays on the field, but this guy gets hurt all the time. To me, Tom, I think 111 is a fair handcuff for Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are other options you can go to if you are an Elliott owner and you don't want to handcuff with McFadden. I think Jeremy Hill is an option. Jaquiz Rogers is an option. But if, with McFadden specifically, yeah, it's all about health. Can he stay on the field? He's, yeah. he's had that problem throughout his career, but he's in a prime position for at least the first month, maybe a little more, to be a very valuable uh, fantasy asset. So, yeah, 110 or so picks into the draft to get a guy for four to six weeks, I'll do it. Derek, Derek you want any t- part of him at all or not? I, I think I agree with Tom's sentiments there. I mean, uh, he, again, in our in our RotoWire onlines, he's going about round 11. That seems about right. Um, I believe he is better than Alfred Morris. Uh, he, he's a better pass catcher, so I, I think he's fine. I also like to jack quiz Rogers if you want to move in a different direction, but I think you're fine with McFadden filling in for Elliott. All right, let's talk about now the Watkins trade and how that affects players. Jordan Matthews goes to Buffalo. He's the number one now in Buffalo. Uh, his ADP before the trade was 99. Over the weekend, it is 95. Not a big bump. How come, Tom? Uh, I think it's got to be the injury issues. That people don't trust the knee. Now he's got a chest, yeah, injury, a chest injury in practice. So to me, that's the only reason. I mean, if you liked Tyrod Taylor with Sammy Watkins, you should like Tyrod Taylor with Jordan Matthews. So the key here for Matthews is he's going to get targets now. He think? wasn't going to get a lot of them or, or to the degree that he'd been getting them in Philly with Elshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith there. He's going to get him now in Buffalo if he can stay on the field. If he can, I like him as a wide receiver three in PPR because the targets are going to be there. Yeah, yeah, Derek, we talked on Friday during our podcast. We said we saw that the Eagles were uh, targeting him in the Packer game on Thursday night. We said, is there a reason why they're targeting him? Well, a couple hours later, of course, they trade him. You know, Do you want any part of him now that he's in Buffalo? I do, actually. I think he takes a – I think he goes up. I don't know about significantly, but I, I'd say it's a round or two in value where I would invest in him at this point. I think it helps him way, this trade helps him way more than Watkins going to, to the Rams. I, I like Matthews. Um, again, the Eagles were showcasing for a reason, as it turns out. Um, I like Matthews. All right, and then uh, Nelson Aguilar has looked good in the slot. He's going to take over for Matthews. People are talking about Aguilar. His ADP before the trade was 211. His ADP this weekend was 184. So a bump, but not a significant one. This is a guy, Tom, who has underperformed. I'm not high on him at all. Maybe this is the year he finally breaks out. But, again, at 184, if you're going to gamble, I guess you could do a lot worse than this guy. Yeah, at that point in the draft, you're not losing anything if he busts on you. So I'm fine with him there. I wouldn't get all excited about him. Jeffrey, that's the guy. He's their key guy in the passing game. Torrey Smith will be the deep guy. And then you got Ertz and Sproles doing a lot of intermediate stuff. I don't see Nelson Aguilar being a major factor, but at that spot in the draft, sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's get to some bold predictions right now. We touted this last week. So, Derek, we're going to let you lead off with the bold prediction. So, let her fly, buddy. All righty. Uh, my bold prediction, John Brown, smoke, 
top 15 wide receiver this year. Uh, I think it just set, sets up for him beautifully. Assuming Carson Palmer can stay healthy, and that's a big assumption, I get it. But we're going bold here. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, 34 years old, and is basically a glorified tight end at this point. He runs the short routes, and they don't have anybody else. Jerron uh, Brown, J.J. Nelson, those guys are bit players. Uh, if John Brown truly is over the sickle cell uh, problem that he had last year uh, the, in a Bruce Arians offense, top 15 wide receiver, book it. Nice. I like it. All right, Tom, let's hear your bold prediction for the day. All right. Mine's going to be that Amari Cooper is going to be this year's biggest top 15 wide receiver bust. He's a great talent. He's simply not a major threat in the red zone. The Raiders got Michael Crabtree there, who's very good. Now they had Jared Cook, who can be a factor. Cooper only had five red zone receptions the entire season last year and without a touchdown. I think he's going to flash some high-level talent throughout the year, but he is not going to get 10-plus touchdowns, which is what you need out of that spot where he's being drafted. So I think he's going to disappoint again at his ADP. All right, I've been hanging around with Tom too long, so I'm going to be negative as well today. So <laughs> I didn't swear yet. <laughs> not negative, but I do have a negative viewpoint on Ty Montgomery of our Packers. You know, I love the Packers, but I'm going to predict that Ty Montgomery will not lead the Packers in rushing touchdowns. What, you say? He's the only running back they have. Of course he's going to lead the team. I say no. I think Jamal Williams is going to lead this team in rushing touchdowns. Tell you what, I'm getting a little down on Montgomery here. He's going to be great in PPR leagues. If you're in standard leagues, I just don't see him getting in the end zone much. I think that uh, Rodgers is going to have the ball in the red zone, and he's going to get it done there. Jamal Williams, keep an eye on him. In standard leagues, he could be good near the goal line. All right, baseball is now through 19 weeks of the season. We have to mention this. Clark Olson is leading the main event. He won the NFFC primetime last year in 150000 Now he's trying to take down the $125,000 grand prize oh, in baseball. Tom, that'd be an unprecedented double-double, yeah. especially back-to-back yeah. -back years. Back-to-back -back years, yeah. I mean, that's great. It's, Clark's a great player. He's, he's been in there first place with this team for a long time. You're yeah. kind of at the point now, and I, I don't want to jinx Clark, but you're kind of at the point it's now dead. where... And if it doesn't happen now, I've been in first for so long, but yeah. his team's been really good. He's a great player. It's going to be a lot of fun watching the remaining weeks in, in all our national contests. Absolutely. And, of course, the big news in baseball is Bryce Harper's oh, knee injury. <laughs> wow. We went this long without you swearing. Too. I don't even have Bryce Harper anymore. It's still a kick in the nuts. Well, the way it happened was bad, too. I mean, it was raining, and the yeah. base was slippery, and then the way he went down, a hyperextension. Derek, I mean, you know that's bad news for people who have good teams. Harper's been great all year, and what a bad injury, right? Oh, man, that just looked awful. I mean, him flying through the air, hair flapping, it was just awful. Yeah, and you know what? At this point, there's no way to replace Bryce Harper. You just can't do it. I mean, sure, you can you know, go out on Fab. You, you plug in on your sixth outfielder, seventh outfielder that you're hoping you haven't had to use, and it, it's just tough. Uh, it sounds like he's probably going to be out almost through the end of the regular season. Maybe he comes back, you know, right at the end, but unfortunate for Bryce Harper owners. Good luck, uh, you know, the rest of the way. Hopefully you can find someone to, to get in there for him, but wow, just just a tough injury. All right, a little baseball, a little football. That's it for the High Stakes Fantasy Advantage podcast. Join us here tomorrow when we look at some other draft results. We'll let you know where Zeke's going, let you know where Watkins is going, and we'll update all of the ADPs as well. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks, guys.